tours with horses. You may have seen videos of dogs or cats pushing buttons that speak out loud in English. My name is Carmen and that's what I'm doing only with my horse. I've been surprised and excited and delighted by what Lyra has said so far and it makes me look forward to the future. Who knows what can happen when we give a voice to our horses. Welcome to another episode of Words with Horses. I'm calling this one Words of Hesitation. As usual, I have thoughts around button communication, some social media stuff that's been going on, as well as a story to tell. So, Lyra had been giving me the silent treatment a bit recently. Um, I say that kind of to be funny, but I'm not actually getting stressed about it at all. I don't force her to push buttons, I don't withhold anything until she pushes a button, there isn't any kind of punishment, and if she never pushed another button again, well, I would probably not continue making the podcast or posting videos about it, but otherwise she could still continue to be a perfectly happy horse companion and uh, it would not be the end of the world by any means. But um, we are still on this journey, so when I walk up to the buttons and asked her to push a button lately, she's been nudging me away from the buttons. Like, I don't know, I get this sense from her and this is me putting words um, on her that she does not say, but like, no, this is boring, let's go do something else. That's just the vibe I get from her body language. So usually I'll walk around her to the other side of the buttons and just ask one more time, do you want to press a button? Uh, though lately she's actually been backing up to also like block me from getting to where I press the buttons or offer her, uh, ask her if she wants to press a button again. So it's like, okay, I, I get the picture. I never ask more than twice. If I'm close enough to push the no button, I'll just push the no button and then I walk out of the shed. And then she follows me perfectly happy. She niggers and it's not like I give her a treat or anything, but she's like, no, I just don't want to be in here or I don't want to push a button. I want to do something else. So that has happened quite a, quite a bit lately. I'm like, okay, you know, no big deal. And I don't even necessarily offer like every single day. Um, so it's not like a big pressure item. It's just something I'll do occasionally. And like I said, it's a hundred percent okay if she doesn't want to push a button, but I, it does make me curious and it's certainly worth mulling over why maybe I think she might not be pushing buttons lately. Um, my gut just tells me, like I said, that she's a little bit annoyed. She doesn't feel she wants to say anything that she can't just tell me with her body language. If she wants some hay, she can walk over the, to the corner of the field and look at the hay tent. If she wants scritches, she can nudge me with her head or turn around and invite me to scratch her tail. Um, so there are a lot of things that she can say with her body language that don't have anything to do with the buttons. So that might be one reason. She just feels like, well, why are you making me do this extra step when you know perfectly well what I want? So that, that can be probably a pretty big piece of it. Um, another thing I'm not sure of is I feel like she isn't crazy about spending time in the shed. We go in there sometimes and we've played games in there before. Um, and I, she has her hay net, 
anchored to the floor in the shed. She doesn't have shoes on or anything, so it's safe for her to have a hay net on the floor. And it's more natural for her to eat with her head down. So that's where I put her hay net. And, but that's almost like the only time she spends in there, even if it's like raining and stuff, she prefers to be out in the field. Um, she just doesn't like hanging out in the shed too much. I do feel like she seemed more willing to push the buttons when they were on the outside of her shed, though admittedly that could have just been because they were more novel then as well. So I'm not totally certain about that. But obviously, I had to move the buttons inside the shed because the weather was going to get to them. So it wasn't really uh, sustainable to keep them outside of the shed. So, but, you know, just when I was about to, you know, dedicate an entire episode about how she's not talking to me anymore, um, she started saying some stuff. So I'll talk about that later. Uh, one other reason maybe she hasn't been pushing them, though, is maybe she doesn't have enough buttons. Maybe she does want to say other things if she had the words to do so. So, like, the weather words that I mentioned before. I'm sorry if you're hearing a noise. I tend to record this in the quietest place I can, which is in my car in the garage. But I've got kitty cats in my garage that are playing all over my car right now. Anyway, excuse that. So... Does she need more buttons? So this is something I've seen mentioned in the book also on how Stella learned to talk. And sometimes kids who are learning to use augmentative communication systems, sometimes they need additional buttons in order to spur further communication. So I haven't added any new buttons in the last couple of weeks, um, but I'm still considering that. Um, actually, one, one new word that I'm considering is the word yuck because uh it, it was thanksgiving if you enjoy that sort of thing i hope you did enjoy it um we did do some of the classic uh american food stuff which i tried to share some of with lyra and lyra's opinion is that neither cranberry sauce nor pumpkin pie are edible so just for reference but that made me think that it would be kind of cool for her to have the word yuck. Yuck is a word that I reinforce with her verbally quite a lot when we're out hand grazing and stuff or whenever we're doing anything or when I offer her a food she doesn't like. Basically, anytime she spits something out, I say yuck. Or like she goes to eat something and there's like a rock that she accidentally gets in her mouth. I'm like, ah, yuck, yuck. Or uh, we have chickens that run around while we're hand grazing. It's like she gets a chicken feather. I'm like, oh no, yuck. And I'll try to get that out of her mouth. So, um, yuck is a word she knows really well, and so I was thinking about making uh, the word yuck for her. But, I don't know. We'll see. We will see uh, what word I give her next. I, I really haven't decided yet. Oh, now the cat is playing with the feather toy that my daughter left on the car. I really should have moved that before I started. My bad. Okay. The kitty's not at fault here. So maybe she needs more words. Maybe she'll talk more if she has more words. But I can say for certain she hasn't given up on talking entirely. Um, so I did post a video on TikTok that I'll go through in detail because I can't cover all of the context about the video like... Uh, on TikTok like I can here in a podcast. And there's really a ton of context surrounding the video that I want to get into. 
Um, but one other thing I was asked about on TikTok is where are the word labels for my buttons? Um, which is true. None of my buttons are labeled at all. Um, I did add them so slowly over time that I feel like I know what they are and Lyra knows what they are. Now that is maybe another potential piece is confusion. There's too many buttons and she doesn't know which is which. I don't get the sense that that's the case though, because she doesn't do a lot of poking different buttons trying to find the one she wants. Um, it's my understanding that when learning language, especially little kids, you know, they, they babble and they say a lot of words and they do a lot more experimenting than I feel like Lyra has ever done. She maybe did a little bit at first, but typically I feel like whenever she presses a button, it's pretty intentional and pretty well in context. So I don't think that confusion is the reason, but my husband did say he went out to talk with Lyra one evening um, after I'd gone to bed, I think it was still light though. Um, and he, or he had a flashlight or something, but he didn't, he couldn't see what any of the buttons meant. So he had no idea, um, if he could push a button to start the conversation, which button he would have ended up pushing. Um, so, uh, if anyone else ever wants to talk with Lyra, it would make sense for me to label the buttons. And so I was thinking about maybe getting some, uh, sticky printer paper, some sticker paper or something, and maybe trying to make some kind of big icon, a uh, very blocky black and white icon, and then a small word under it. And then if there is ever any concern going forward with Lyra being able to distinguish the buttons, maybe that would help a little bit. Uh, I didn't have the best luck trying to get her to visually distinguish like just communication cards before, like touch this card for brush, touch that card for treat. Um, but I don't think I was training uh, in the best method at that time either. I just wasn't using a lot of, I wasn't reinforcing each icon in a wide variety of contexts before I started trying to switch things up. So I think that got confusing too quickly. But I'm thinking maybe, maybe the icon would be helpful. So I'll be considering that, uh, adding some words to my buttons. I don't know what will happen first, if I will be adding words to the buttons I have, or if I will be adding new buttons. I think I still have two or three buttons before I have to buy more. So it is a possibility. So that, um, is the current state of things. And then I'll talk, um, about my TikTok video, Walk in Winter. So in this video, if you don't have TikTok, I get it. Um, not everyone wants to be on every platform on the planet, which makes absolute sense to me. So in this video, you see me inviting Lyra to press a button. You do see her give me a little bit of a nudge, like, I don't really want to press a button, but she has second thoughts pretty quickly and she realizes that she does want to press a button. She presses the walk button three times pretty uh, vigorously, walk, walk, walk. Like, whoa, okay. And then, so I asked her to stay and to stand there in front of the video, which she did a really good job of. And I went and got her halter and then we went for a walk. But I want to lay so much more context into this video because it was all kind of set up where I didn't realize it at the time, but it was so appropriate and made so much sense for Lyra to make this kind of request. And it would have been one that might have been tough for her to make in any other way. 
So to add context, I knew that the, the farrier was coming out to trim her hooves. And it's been six weeks, so it's time, and I didn't want any extra time to go by because I was, wanted to tell the farrier to just do a really gentle job, um, especially on her front hooves after what happened last time. So I was getting her all, I brought out the grooming tools and her halter. I was going to groom her up really good for the farrier. So that's what I was doing. And I had her stand on a mat. We did lots of grooming. We started playing some games and stuff. And the farrier was running a little bit late. So I, we just started playing some more games and stuff. And then I was like, oh, why not? I'll, I'll mount my phone up here in the shed and ask if she wants to push a button. She had just pressed the play button and we did some of the leg lifts. We did some playtime. So I was just going to ask if she wanted to do anything else. And I thought she would ask for more play, to be honest. And that's kind of what I invited her to do when she pressed walk, walk, walk instead. And I was like, whoa, that just totally blew my mind because the whole time I've been out in the pasture with her, grooming her, playing games and stuff with her her halter has been hanging there on the outside of the shed. And her halter is like the big clue. I usually don't take out the halter unless I'm going to take her out of the field and go for a walk. So it's like I came out in the pasture to start with carrying this big cue of, hey, we're going to go for a walk. And this is me, of course, projecting and anthropomorphizing a bit. But she's like, oh, cool, the halter, we get to go for a walk, and which she really likes that. I let her graze a lot, and it's a very positive experience. But then I get all distracted by all of these other things that we're doing and playing. It's like, fine, she, you know, we do some grooming before we go for walks and all of that. I understand. But then I start asking her to press buttons, and she's like, kind of like, hey, lady, did you forget what we're supposed to be doing here? And then she pressed the walk button three times. Walk, walk, walk. And I was like, oh my gosh, of course. I have had this cue um, hanging here that we were going to go for a walk. And yet I haven't taken you for a walk yet. So it was just so perfect for her to ask that at that moment in time. And I just think that that's something that doesn't come through in the TikTok video. That whole kind of antecedent arrangement that built up to that moment of communication when she reminded me that, hey, were we going to go for a walk? And so that was really cool. And because I had the camera running, I asked her to stand in the shed while I walked around outside the shed to get the halter. And because I, I kind of wanted to see if she would. I, I haven't asked her to stand and stay in the shed while I leave the shed before. So I didn't know if she was going to or not, really. And so I admit in the video, if you if it's annoying to you, it's annoying to me now every time I watch it, that you see me repeat the, the stand wait cue like way too many times. I shouldn't be cueing that many times by any means. Though I was kind of wondering if she would actually do it because it was a bit of a, a different context for her to stand and wait for me. But she did a really awesome job. She actually did perfectly well. And I went and got her halter and she was, she nickered when she saw her halter and she was like so happy that she was going to, you know, get exactly what she asked for. And of course, tried to immediately shove her head into the halter and so I had her move over a little bit so it could be on camera so you could see how she uh, halters herself. And then we went on a very nice long walk while we were waiting for the farrier. 
and I got pretty darn cold, but that's okay. She had a very nice time, walked down the road and saw her pony friend and walked back and ate some grass alongside the road and it was really great. And then yes, when the farrier arrived, I did make very sure to tell her how sore Lara had been after her last trimming and the farrier was really apologetic and said that she would do a much more gentle job, especially on her front hooves. And so she did, and here we are. Let's see, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Here we are, four days later, and Lara's perfectly fine. She was trotting around after me today. It was actually a, a unseasonably crazy warm day. We've had snow, and it all melted. It poured rain last night. All of the snow was melted today. So I am recording this pretty late-ish for me because we just spent a lot of time together outside today. So that was really cool and really nice. And Lyra's feet look great and they're feeling great too. So we are all in great shape that way. I uh, took her out. Well, we did some, some grooming this morning. She was such a mud ball. Um, so we did some grooming this morning and then we took a walk out and did some grazing and then I actually, uh, got her saddle on her and just, I'm just doing the tiniest baby steps cause I know I'm a crappy, no nothing rider. So I put on my boots, I put on my helmet, I have her walk up to the mounting block, which she lines herself up so beautifully now. It's very sweet. And then I actually lift up my boot and have her touch her nose to my boot before I actually mount. And then I get on her back and I just have her stand there and wait for a couple minutes and give her treats every once in a while. And then I have her touch me over on the right side and then I get off. And then I, we walked around in the round pen for a little bit, just me walking by her side. And then we did it all again, and that was it. So that's kind of what we've been doing lately, just mounting, dismounting, and keeping it super chill. I haven't really even asked her to walk around at all yet. But probably the first thing I'll do when we get there is I'll ask her to walk to a Target. So that's another piece for me to consider, is how to set up a communication board for her in the round pin if I want to set up a completely different board or if I want to move the board um, as needed from the shed to the round pen. So I have not made that decision at all. Part of me is like, oh, it'd just be easier to move the board from the shed. Another part of me is like, oh, but my space is really limited. And what if I want all of these other buttons in this other context of playing in the round pen? like mounting and maybe trotting and maybe different types of activities that are specific to the round pen. What if I want those kind of buttons, but I don't want them to take up space on what I'd consider her core button board that hangs out in the shed. So that's kind of the decision that I'm mulling over. Um, we'll see. I don't have to decide anytime soon. So just lots of questions, lots of plans as usual. And then the only other thing that's really come up on the radar lately is some of my videos get a certain amount of play on TikTok. I'm not sure I would even consider them viral, but they get a few tens of thousands of views. Um, maybe my highest was like 400,000 and I don't even, I don't even 
pay attention or have a concept of what that means in relation to TikTok popularity at all. But I did have, I've had two now of these uh, viral media companies reach out to me uh, who typically want to buy exclusive rights to one of my videos. And I'm pretty hesitant. I've been trying to do homework on the topic. I'm not all jumping in on that. And I'm a little torn because I really don't have the time or energy to promote myself. I'm kind of happy with growing organically as people learn about this uh, project and take an interest in it, either just as an observer or with their own animals, that I'm just perfectly happy to be a resource and to grow organically that way. Um, on the flip side, uh, my horse budget is extremely modest. Um, I actually counted that, oh, I must have spent $100 on buttons so far, and that kind of like makes me gasp slightly because that feels like a lot of money to me. Um, so I don't have the most horse money in the world, and there's a part of me that thinks, oh, well, if this, if this project could be monetized in some way, that could help me you know, make even more progress, maybe take some horseback riding lessons, um, you know, all of these things, maybe even get closer to my project of getting Lyra a friend. If I could monetize some pieces, then maybe that would help. And, but I certainly don't have the time to do it myself by any means. So do I want to settle exclusive rights to some of my stuff? I, I'm really hesitant. And so I'm probably not going to pull the trigger on anything anytime soon. If anything, I'm then asking myself, well, if I do really want a better avenue for monetizing, maybe I could just start by creating a YouTube channel. I'm cross-posting all of my TikTok videos and maybe even my podcasts in a video form onto YouTube. And then if I get, uh, you know, hit their minimum cap of subscribers and stuff there, then there could be a monetization piece that could kick into play for me. And it wouldn't have to be something that I would have to like, you know, go and try to sell my content on the virtual streets or anything like that. Because I don't know, I'm not the biggest, I mean, self promoter, I like to share stuff. And I will post things sometimes on Facebook and TikTok where I feel like I can post them in a context. It's like, hey, yeah, you know, this is the thing I'm doing with my horse. Um, so I do like to post and share things, but I'm not all about, I'm not going to like call up the local news station and say, hey, look at what I'm doing. That seems really artificial. And I would like to grow a bit more organically. So you probably won't see me go that direction. But I may, maybe over this holiday break, when I've got some time off from work, maybe I'll put up a YouTube channel and start cross-posting stuff there. Just because another thing I have heard from a lot of people is they don't do TikTok, which I, I understand. And it would be nice to have another place for people to be able to access my video content. And I'm not always crazy about the way Instagram kind of chops things off as well. So if I'm really thinking about sharing video content, well, duh, YouTube is probably the best platform for that. So I believe that concludes all of my thoughts for this evening. I do need to get my butt back over to Facebook 
and invite people to start talking about the the book how stella learned to talk because that's another thing i intended to do today i was totally distracted by the the balmy weather um but that is a conversation i want to have and hopefully want to bring back to the podcast here so if you have any feedback for me uh words with horses at gmail.com she horse on tiktok lyra learns on instagram I am not going to make yet another label for myself. If I, if I land this content on YouTube, it will be called Words with Horses. I'm trying to pull myself into a more consistent uh, frame or brand that way. So people can find the content more easily. And I hope it helps, inspires, or entertains someone out there. And have a great week, uh, month, holiday, year, all of that great stuff. Goodbye. Thank you.